Hello everyone, uh, it's good to be with you again. Uh, I hope this finds you well uh, as you are, are watching this and again that you are knowing the presence and peace of God and um, being able to find uh, just moments of respite as well as purpose. So um, just, just glad to be with you one more time. Uh, you know, we're, we're just now coming out of a month of prayer and fasting as we were in the, in the month of March and as I was kind of reflecting on the month and um, just what the Lord has done, um, I, th I thought about Matthew 4, uh, where we see that, that it says Jesus was led into the wilderness um, to, to be tempted. Uh, and that's what it says in Matthew 4, when he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. But then when Jesus was in the wilderness, he fasted for 40 days. And then we see at the end of that 40-day fast that he is confronted by Satan and tempted and victorious uh, to not fall to the temptation. And what I was struck by, what I'm grateful for, is to see that although Jesus' body was weak, um, the fasting had made him strong in spirit. And so I, that's just my prayer for us now, if, if you participated in that month of prayer and fasting, that I, I pray that you know this strength of spiritual nourishment um, that, that comes through fasting in these trying times. Um, and again, uh, fasting doesn't have to be in March as the Lord leads. Uh, maybe that's something you could engage from here. But yeah, I pray that you know the spiritual nourishment of that time in these trying times. So was just reflecting on that, was encouraged by it, and I'm grateful for what the Lord has done. Um, you know, something else just to talk about while we're all here we just want to invite you um, to give. I mean, you know, we have a, a very regular posture of, of wanting to give joyfully and sacrificially. We have a church that has proven to be very faithful and generous. Um, but what we know is that a, um, a time of need is coming. Um, you know, uh, our lives have been kind of turned upside down. But, but what we know is that there is, there is still more to come. And so with the time of need that's coming, we want to be positioned well, um, both spiritually as well as practically spiritually. That's why we are continuing to pursue uh, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer together as best as we can, because that's where we find our spiritual uh, you know, readiness, but then also practically. And so we want to, you know, we want to uh, be able to be kind of ready to be, you know, to have all things in common and to share and support one another. Um, and so we, we want to be able to respond to needs as they arise. Um, and, and if the bridge is your family, if these are your people, or even if you're kind of new, but this is something the Lord leads you to, this is each of our opportunities. Um, and so, you know, this is an invitation to all, but it's as the Lord leads, of course. Um, our, our, our invitation is always to, to pray, seek the Lord, and then to give joyfully and sacrificially, not out of guilt or obligation, but as the Lord leads uh, to, to that end of giving joyfully and sacrificially. And so we'd like to ask you all to consider this. Again, if, the, if this is your place, these are your people, or you feel compelled to do so, if you're not giving at all, we would encourage you to consider starting to give something. If you give every now and then, we want to ask if you could consider giving regularly. If you already give regularly, uh, we just want to invite you in to the, just to take this time uh, to pray and ask the Lord, is this the time that, that you're to step in to, uh, to, to giving even more in that joyful and sacrificial pos posture? 
Um, and so again, uh, know that uh, it's, it's between you and the Lord. We trust you. We trust the way the Lord will lead you, but we want to make the invitation. Some practical things. Um, we really want all giving to be given through electronic uh, ways, um, through the app, through our website, or you can text Bridge Montrose. Uh, to 77977. That's bridge, not the bridge, bridge Montrose to 77977. Um, and so, yeah, that, that helps us. I mean, the, the logistics of taking physical giving is difficult right now. It also helps us keep social distancing. Um, and, and so it's helpful. And then also, um, if, if we also want to encourage everyone to set their electronic giving to some recur, recurring rhythm as is best for you. Um, it helps us in our planning and decision making. It, it's always the case, but even now more so with uh, things being as fluid and changing as they are. So yeah, so we would love all giving to become electronic. Also, if you can, set it to recurring to whatever rhythm is right for you. Um, so we want to make the invitation. We'll leave it uh, to, to you and the Lord. But yes, we, of course, you know, we are thankful for how you are already so faithful and sacrificial. So, um, you know, let's do this together. Um, what, what, another thing, next week is Easter. It's kind of maybe it's sneaking up on you since everything is abnormal, uh, but we are looking forward to celebrating our resurrected uh, lives through our resurrected King Jesus. And we will do that next Sunday. Uh, we're going to do it kind of how we have been typically doing it through a live uh, Zoom time together, but we're going to kind of put all of our liturgy in there next week. We're going to have kind of a normal worship service through Zoom. So that'll be a lot of fun to be together here live teaching together. We'll be back in Philippians, we'll, and that will kind of kick us back off teaching Philippians again. Um, but also, we're going to have a Good Friday um, gathering as well. Um, and so uh, we're still working on the time, but again, it's going to be live via Zoom, and it'll be contemplating the the, the death of our Savior, uh, Jesus. And so, um, so yeah, so we would love to much that be looking for details through the email that we send out, or you can talk to your house church leader. So, um, but yeah, looking forward to celebrating that with you, looking forward to being back in Philippians. Um, so this brings us to this week. Um, you know, we've been looking at the reality of God, the fact that God is sovereign and the fact that he is, he is good. Um, and so we've been like the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at God as sovereign and what that means and, and you know and, and that just to make sure we're all up to speed when we think about sovereign it is certainly that the one who has absolute and ultimate power and control but it's not just that it's not just control it is also rightful authority and when we think about God as the sovereign one he um, he is the only one that is worthy to have that claim to absolute and ultimate power and control because he created all things and then also rightful authority doesn't just mean that he has the right to it. It means that he wields it rightly. And because he is good, because he is love, all that he does, all the ways in which he rules and reigns is rightful. And so that's such a comfort to us. And that's why we've been spending time in this. We've been starting with First with First Chronicles 29 just to bring us into the, the mindset and the view of who God is. And we're going to do that one more time. You know, and as we said last week, what we see here, uh, what David's writing about here, or, or what's being written about is David's instruction for how to worship the people of Israel to worship. And what does right and worthy worship of God look like? And, and what matters most to David is that we understand the full measure of God's glory, power, goodness, and sovereignty. And so he's exhorting us to this. And this is where he starts with First Chronicles 29, 11, 
through 13. Let's read that. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your, in your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, O God, and praise your glorious name. For the people of God to worship God and experience this life as God intended, um, we, we have to understand who God is. That's what David is saying, and that's what we're saying. And so we're going to pick up where we left off last week in, in reading and making our confessions of worship. Um, looking at verse 12, we see where, again, this, this high above all things God, who's the God and creator of all, you know, and he has authority and rule over all the cosmos and creation, is now bringing that rule into our midst, right? That's where we were last week. We're going to pick up there, and we see this, this picture in, in verse 12. Both riches and honor came from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and in, to give strength to all. So we see that his, his sovereign work in our lives actually not only reveals him to us, but also brings strength to us. And, and, and his power and might is over our lives and in our lives. And this, and we're going to end today where verse 13 ends. And it says, and now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. This has been the posture of the whole time where we've been led to these proclamations of worship. But even today, we want to see that all the more. And so today's big idea is this, that we want to say, we want to see that experiencing life to the full, as Jesus promised, does not come from knowing everything that will happen to us, but more importantly, from knowing who God is and all he has already done. The life to the full that Jesus promises is, doesn't come from knowing everything that will happen to us, which is what we long for. We, we want to know. We want control. But more importantly, from knowing who God is and what he's already done. So that's why we've been coming to his word for the past two weeks. And we're going to do it again this week. We're going to let God teach us about himself. We want to see what God has done because in seeing what he has done and because he is unchanging, we can trust he will do it again. So we're going to read scripture once again. It's going to lead us to these proclamations, these confessions of worship unto him. And I pray that it will strengthen you. I pray that it will unify us. And I pray that it will move us to why we have been created and why we've been restored in Christ. So join in with me as we come to God to have him teach us about who he is so that we can know peace, joy, contentment, purpose, confidence, all of that because of who he is. That's our opportunity today. So let's read. Isaiah 40, 15 and 17 says this, Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. Isaiah 40, 22 through 23 says, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and his inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who, stre who stretches 
who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in? Who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness? As we think on the immensity of God, this is what we say. So we bow as dust in the scales, O God, and confess with joy that we are as nothing compared to your greatness. Let me say it again and maybe maybe say it with me out loud or at least in your heart. So we bow as dust in the scales, O God, and confess with joy that we are as nothing compared to your greatness. Is that a comfort to you to hear or to think we are nothing? You know, if, if we come to the point of calling ourselves nothing, if we get there by comparison of getting a glimpse of the goodness, glory, and greatness of God, I would say it is indeed a kindness because that's, that's what we're seeing here. We're thinking of who God is, how great he is, how, how, how we just cannot contain him. And when we think of ourselves, we see in comparison we are nothing. That is a kindness. I pray it is for you. Let's continue reading. Job 34, 18 and 19. This is, this is speaking of God. Who says to a king, worthless one, and noble, and to nobles, wicked man, who shows no partiality to princes, nor regards the rich man more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. Job 40:12. Look on everyone who is proud, and bring him low, and tread down the wicked where they stand. Luke 1, 51-52 He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humbled estate. Again, let's, let us be led to say this. The joy of our hope, O God, is that you magnify your greatness by lifting up the low and putting down the proud. He lifts up the low and he puts down the proud. This is the heart of God. This is not this is not God just putting a thumb on someone or knocking them down a notch so that he can stay on top. He is certainly worthy of that. This is this is rescuing those who have no chance of rescuing themselves. You know, in, in our world where might makes right, and, and every one of us has the tendency to fall into the futility of being our own sovereign, our own ruler, the, 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 the one who is over their own domain. It is in God humbling those that think they are greater than God that any of us would find our way to him and find his sovereign goodness to be our blessedness. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Daniel 4.34 At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Daniel 7.14 says, And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be 
destroyed. And then Luke 1.33 says, And he, speaking of Jesus, will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So it says that, let's, let's say this together. And so it will be forever, O God, your rule over all, with an everlasting rule for the sake of the lowly who trust your Son. And so it will be forever, O God, you rule over all with an everlasting rule for the sake of the lowly who trust your Son. It is God's kindness that leads us to a low place that would result in trusting in another for our hope, peace, and purpose. It is in being brought low and being seen to be low that this is our pathway to salvation. This is our security when we see the heart of God and the way of God. This is our everything because this is Jesus. This is what Jesus has done. And so we say, we're going to come to our last proclamation from one verse, Psalm 31, 14 and 15, that says this, But I trust in you, O Lord. You are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. So let's say this. Therefore, overflowing with praise and thanks, O precious and holy God, we rest in your absolute sovereignty over our lives and rejoice to hear you say, as Psalm 31:15 says, your time is in my hands. God, you say to us, your time is in my hands. We are the lowly ones. The lowly ones are the ones who can't overcome their need. They're the ones who are powerless to control their lives. It is very evident right now that this is true. Um, but also to be low is not just speaking of circumstances, um, but it's also speaking of our hope, our need for salvation. Um, our sin has made us the lowly ones in regards of our salvation, right? We cannot overcome our sin on our own. We cannot overcome the brokenness in this world or of ourselves on our own. We see in Jesus that he has accomplished the work of satisfying our every need by making himself low. We'll be looking at Philippians 2, 5 through 11 next week at Easter. But what we see there is that Jesus made himself low. He humbled himself. He stepped off the throne of heaven, took on flesh of humanity and all of its limitations, faced every struggle and trial and temptation without sin. He faced ridicule, false accusing, a false verdict. He faced death. He took on our sin. He took on our punishment and death. He was made low. And then he defeated death in his resurrection. And in him being brought low, as he is brought low, we are lifted up. Jesus finished what God has always has done, what he's always done. God has always been glorified by working for the sake of his people 
and for the sake of his promises. Our hope, our peace, our assurance, our confidence, all of these things are most alive in us when we most deeply glory in God and in God alone. John Piper says, we are, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I pray we glory in God in this time. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Life Together says this. It's a bit of a long quote. It says, It is not in our life that God's help and presence must still be proved, but rather God's presence and help have been demonstrated for us in the life of Jesus Christ. It is in fact more important for us to know what God did to Israel, to his son Jesus Christ, than to seek what God intends for us today. The fact that Jesus Christ died is more important than the fact that I shall die. And the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead is the sole ground of my hope that I too shall be raised on the last day. Our salvation is external to ourselves. I find no salvation in my life history, but only in the history of Jesus Christ. Only they who allow themselves to be found in Jesus Christ in the incarnation, his cross, and his resurrection are with God and God with them. God is sovereign over every second of my life. He is sovereign over every second of your life. We will have every second that God intends, and every second that we have is an opportunity to be the life to the full that Jesus promised in John 10.10. Because every second, I can glory in God. Because every second, I can know who he is. I can know what he has already done to know what he is doing today. This is why I can live in peace. This is why I can abide in grace. This is why I can be free to even love my neighbor. This is why I can respond to needs around me without fear. So as we think about this life of glorying in God and what he has done in Christ, you know, I think there's a, something we can speak to you right here in our moment, just getting really specific to what we're living in. And there's a tension of how we are to live and respond right now as, as Christ followers, the ones who follow the way of Jesus and, and listen to his teaching, but also follow his way. Because when we think about what, how do we respond to a world in need in the midst of COVID-19, what we know is that we want to love our neighbors. We've been compelled to do so. And part of loving our neighbors, and you know, we want to love our neighbors and bring Jesus to those who need his hope and peace through salvation, right? We want to do all these things. And, and part of loving our neighbors is doing everything we can to not harm them. And what's difficult right now is part of not harming them is, is we don't want to spread the coronavirus. We don't want to possibly introduce them to COVID-19, which could harm them, which is why we are leaning into social, distance, so social distancing and really trying to to lead the way in how we pursue that in, in our um, gathered expressions. But at the same time, what we know also is this is the prime time for the church to be the church, to show what the church is meant to be, the shining reality of the sacrificial love of God shown to us through Jesus Christ. 
We are meant to be the bright shining light in our world right now. We're not meant to be tucked away, hiding under a bushel, no. So, so I pray for us, I pray that we're praying bold, spirit-filled prayers that people would be healed from sickness, that, that people would be spared sickness, and that there would be a miraculous stamping out of the spread of the virus. Like we, let us pray for that with full faith. I also pray that we're praying for the salvation of the world in this time. For, this is a time where, again, people are confronted with the reality that they are not in control, that there is death in this life, and they have to answer those questions. So it's such an opportunity, but it doesn't stop at prayer though. As need becomes known around us, our prayer is that we would walk by faith, by the leading and power of the Holy Spirit, into the need and possibilities uh, around us, even if it possibly means danger, knowing that our time is in God's hand and our hope is not just in this world or this life. We're not saying be frivolous. Let's, let's pray for wisdom and boldness. Let's pray for discernment and courage. And as the Lord leads you, step in. And, and here's an important thing. We will each respond in different ways in differing, to differing degrees in how we step into the needs around us. And that's okay. We have to, it's okay for you. And so we have to accept that about each other too. The key is that each one of us are expecting to be used by God as an instrument of grace, as a deliverer of truth, as a proclaimer of Jesus, to be used by God for these, these opportunities to extend the realities of the gospel of Jesus to each other and also those around us. So again, through creative means and bold steps, let us lean into this with much humility, courage, and grace. So God is sovereign over all the cosmos and creations. God is sovereign over every force and authority in this world. God is sovereign in fulfilling his promises to restore the lowly that call on Christ and our time is in his hands. I pray that we walk by faith and pursue bringing each other in the world to Jesus. He is our only hope and peace. To God be the glory. Let's pray. So God, this is our, our comfort and our confession, God, that you are good, you are holy, you are glorious and true. God, you are unchanging. So we can, as we think on and, and lean into all that you have done, how you have always been, Lord, that we can see even now this is your promise for us. Lord, in your great love and intention, you have, you have called a people, Lord, to you, to know you, to walk with you, and to carry your name to this world. I pray, Lord, that we would each know this confidence. I pray that we would also each um, know that we are ones who are meant to be used to be a light in this world today. So, Lord, show us the way. Lord, let us, um, again, bring Jesus to each other and others around us and bring each other and others to Jesus. Lord, all for your glory. So we surrender all to you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you later, guys. We're better together for the glory of God. Have a good day.